Thanks for joining us at our Foothills Church podcast. We exist to help people find and follow Jesus. If you're new here, we'd love to connect with you at foothills.cc. We hope you enjoy this message. What would you do if you found out that you were going to die tomorrow? Like if you went to the doctor today and the doctor said, I got bad news for you, you got 24 hours to live. What would you do? Now, I think most of us would kind of do the same thing. We would all probably, after we got up off the floor fainting, we would probably go, man, I've got to call all my loved ones and I got to get them here one more time and I need to just let them know how important they are and how much I love them and what they mean to me. And I mean, you'd probably want to impart some sort of wisdom and words of something you'd want to do just to make it special, right? Well, that's kind of the scenario that we're going to look at today where Jesus gets to that point in his life where he knows he's going to die and he is sharing with his disciples uh, his, how much he loves them, but he takes it another level and he does something that I think surprises would surprise us if we didn't know it was Jesus. In other words, for most of us, we wouldn't think of doing this. We would want to tell people we love them, but Jesus not only tells them he loves them, he shows them. Jesus gets around his disciples, the 12 guys he's poured himself into over the last three years of his life, and he is, he's done life with them. He loves these guys, and they love him. One of them is going to betray him, and yet still he is still going to pour out his love. But he does something that goes the extra mile to kind of demonstrate the love he has for them. So if you've got your Bibles, I want you to turn to John chapter 13. And we're just going to look at the first five verses. And here's what it says. Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now... He loved them to the very end. In one translation, I like it better. It says, and now he wanted to show them the full extent of his love. So he loved them, and now he's going to love them to the very end. It was time for supper, and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything, that he had come from God, and that he would return to God. But he got up from the table. Here's what he does. He's demonstrating now the love that he has for them. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. I mean, think of that setting, right? He's in this upper room. He's with his disciples. This is pretty much he's going to share with them his love, and he just doesn't want to say it. That's not adequate. That's not enough. So he demonstrates it by taking the position of a servant, by washing their dirty feet. And remember, in those days, they didn't, um, their mode of transportation was their feet, right? And they were walking around in open sandals and they had dirty feet. And, and in that culture, the people who, if you came to my home and you were a guest in my home, I would have my servant wash your feet for you because that was just kind of customary. But now Jesus, the Son of God, demonstrates his love to his disciples by washing their feet, by serving them, by wrapping the towel around his waist. Or we could look at it more in modern day where we see the towel wrapped around our arm in, in a, in a uh, position of servant. 
being a servant. And so today, here's what I want to do. As you've heard from Pastor Jamie that this is a special day. I mean, I have been really looking forward to the day for so long because today is kind of our, is, is, is the pep rally before the big game. And what we're going to do today is different than what we do on any other Sunday. Because we've, we've I said it a couple of weeks ago, I talked about oxymorons and one of the oxymorons was short sermon. Well, today you're actually going to get a short sermon. Okay. So we're going to let out early and we're going to, I'm going to be very brief today. And then we're going to have time. We're setting aside time so you don't feel rushed. So we're going to be able to leave here. And like Pastor Jamie said, we're going to the venue and it's straight down the hall and we're going to get a project, right? And, and we're hoping for hundred percent participation. And if you're watching online, that includes you. We've got projects. You can go online and, and get your project We've got the shirts and you can, if, you, know, you can come during the week and pick up a shirt here at the office. If you're not able to make it here today, you're not here today. But we're going to all be able to get our shirts. And then next Saturday, we'll show up on the job sites. And from 9 to noon, we're going to serve our community. We're going to serve Oconee. And it's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's going to be so much fun. So, that, so that's kind of what we're going to talk about. But I just want to give you kind of some encouragement, some motivation, some inspiration from God's word, from this story about why serving really matters and why, we, why we're doing this, really, at the bottom line. So I'm going to give you three things real quick, and then we'll, we'll you know, we're kind of huddle up right now. We're going to, we're going to you know, break, and then we're going, to, we're going to head down the hall. We're going to get our projects, and next Saturday morning, we're, going to, we're just going to, we're going to paint the town red, right? We're going to get to what we're going to do. So here's what, I'm going to give you three points of why I think uh, serving is important, why uh, we call this, this actually, the series is... Uh, uh, you know, your best life, living your best life. Or, I don't remember the name of the series now. I should know that <laughs> since I came up with it, but I forgot it. Okay, whatever it is. It's something about, something about that. Anyways, all right. So number one is this. Boy, I get myself in trouble quick. All right. The first reason I think serving is important is love is best demonstrated through serving. Love is best demonstrated through serving. I know we've all heard this a million times that, that love is a verb, right? It's, it needs to be demonstrated. It's a whole lot easier to say, I love you, than to actually do something, you know, serve you sacrificially to, to demonstrate that love, right? It, it, words are cheap sometimes. And when it comes to love, there's no better way to, to demonstrate love than by serving someone. That's, that's how you do it. In Romans chapter 5, 8, we see the greatest demonstration of love by an act of the greatest demonstration of serving, and it's through Jesus. And here's our example. And here's what it says in Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrates his own love for us while we were in this, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God didn't just say, I love you. I mean, he tells us he loves us, but he demonstrated that love by the ultimate act of love, right? Serving by Jesus coming to this earth while we were still sinners. He didn't wait till we got right because we couldn't get right. We couldn't get good. We couldn't get, we couldn't get there on our own. So Jesus, in our broken state of sinfulness, came and died for us as a demonstration of that love. So if you've ever wondered, does God love you no matter what you've done? The answer is yes, because Jesus demonstrated that and didn't wait till we got right because we couldn't get right and died while we were sinners. So this is the, the demonstration of serving that demonstrates love. In John 13, what we just read, these are some of the verses we just read. Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. And like I say, there's another translation that says, now he wanted to show them the full extent of his love. I mean, this three years he's been with these guys. These are his disciples. These are his closest friends. 
And now he is coming to the point where it's that final hour, pretty much. And it, isn't, it wasn't sufficient to just say, hey, let me just tell you guys one more time how much I love you. Instead, he does the unthinkable. It says, so he got up from the table and took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into the basin. Then he began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. I mean, again, if you think about this, this is the Son of God. This is God in flesh, the creator of all things. The Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, the, the King of Kings, Lord of Lords. This is Jesus. The one who we should be serving and, and, and bowing at his feet and serving, you know, washing his feet. It's him that takes the initiative to say, guys, I love you, but I want to show you how much I love you. I'm going to serve you. The word servant in Greek is the word called doulos. And that word doulos is an interesting definition because it, it means someone who is willingly puts themselves in a position of a slave. It's, it's being united to another person. Not in a, not in a negative way, like, like some sort of bondage against your will. It's, it's not that. It's not something to picture. It's someone who voluntarily says, I'm going to, I'm going to take this position of a slave not because I'm forced to, not because I'm being under duress or coercion, but I'm choosing to do this because I care about you. That's what the word means. And it's, it's kind of like a, a, a slave that is free but goes back into that, in that, in that position of a servant even though he doesn't have to. That's what, that's what doulos means, and that's what Jesus was demonstrating here. That's what we're called to do. In Romans chapter 1, when, in that book, the apostle Paul actually starts off the writing. It's a, it was originally a letter. He's writing to the letter to the church in Rome, and he, said, he identifies himself. He says, I'm, I'm the guy writing it. I'm Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ. And that's what he meant. I, I am willingly putting myself in this position. I, I'm bound to him, but not because I have to, but because I want to, because he's what he's done for me. I, I feel an obligation to do this. That's, that's the word. So when Jesus said, hey, this is, this is guys, I love you. And let me show you. And he, and he takes off the robe and puts the towel around his waist and he's washing their dirty, smelly, stinky feet. This is the act of humility of, of just this. It's, it's unthinkable. Why did he do this? Well, because he loved them and because he's, he's giving us a model to follow about what we should do. In Luke chapter four, okay, this is the interesting thing because um, when, when, we, when we think about what re the response that we should have for Jesus, right? Like if, you were, if I were gonna say, how, how would you show your love to Jesus? I mean, I think our answer would be, well, we worship, right? That's what we do. We, we demonstrate our love for Jesus when we worship. And that's true. When we worship, not just in church, because we said worship is something we get an opportunity to do 24-7, 365. Everything I do is an opportunity to worship, to demonstrate my love to Jesus. But you know, there's another word that I don't think we, it, we think of when we say, how would I, how would I you know, show my love to Jesus? One of the ways that the Bible teaches is through serving, right? Serving God and, and serving others. That's how we do it. Like, how would I want to show my love to God? Well, I could tell him I love him, but another way I could do that is by serving him, by taking some form of, of servanthood and serving in his name. How do I love my neighbors? Because remember what, when Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? And he said, love the Lord your God with 
with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. So if I'm going to love God, I can, of course, I can tell him I love him, but I need to demonstrate that love. I need to, and, and the best way to do that is through serving. Well, how do I love my neighbor? I could tell my neighbor I love them, but wouldn't it be better if I demonstrated my love to them? How would I do that? By serving them. This serving is an outlet to show love. It's best demonstrated. When I'm doing, when I'm, uh, love is best demonstrated through my serving. In, in, in Luke chapter uh, eight, uh, Luke chapter four, verse 38, 39, what we see here, I'm gonna show you this, I'm gonna set this up because you're gonna, uh, I think you'll, you'll get what I'm saying, is that in this setting, Peter, one of Jesus' disciples' mother-in-law is sick. And I want you to notice what she does in response to her healing. Okay, here's what it says. After, just speaking of Jesus, after he left the synagogue, he entered Simon's house. Simon is, is Peter. Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever and they asked him about her. So he stood over her and he rebuked the fever and it left her. Now watch this. She got up immediately and began to do what? Serve them. The, the almost the natural response when, there is, when God moves in our lives, in this case, a physical healing, when, when God does something, the natural response should be, I, man, I'm thankful, I have a great gratitude, I love you for doing that, but, but let, me, let me, not to pay you back, but let me just serve you. You have, you have healed me, now I want to serve you. Listen, every single one of us who placed our faith in Jesus Christ, you've been healed by this disease called sin. And Jesus, what he did on the cross, when he demonstrated his love, remember, we just read a second ago, Romans 5, 8, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And so he, he, he demonstrated his love in the way that we demonstrate our love to him is by serving, just like she did. She responded by, by, by his healing, by immediately getting up and serving. So the first point is that our love is best demonstrated through serving, but the second point is this, life is best lived through serving. Life is best lived through serving. It's kind of, sounds, it sounds kind of counterintuitive, right? That, that my life, if the best life I'm going to have is when I'm serving. It, it's, it's totally counterintuitive because we've, we, we think, this is what we've always been told, is that, that really life is all about you. And, and so therefore, the best life you could possibly have is when you arrive at such a point in status that you have people serving you. That's the best kind of life, right? That's what we've been told. That's what the, worldly, the world thinking is. That if I can get to the point of, of, of my career, or whatever I'm seeking, where I get to the point where actually now I have people serving me, then I've arrived. That's a sign of status. That's a sign of success. And Jesus said, no, you're getting it all wrong. That's not how God looks at success. Remember what we said in week one is that God doesn't measure it the same way we do. J Jesus said, if you want to be great, you want to be, be successful in God's eyes, become a servant. If you want to be number one, learn to be last. That's how God you know, assesses all of this, totally different than we do. But this is why it's important. And this is why life is best live when you're serving. Jesus said, you, if you want to be great, pick up the towel and wash somebody's feet. Now, not figuratively, you know, 
not literally. But, but serve somebody. It's truly a better way to live. It really is. Now, if, and, and if you talk to people who have served others, there's a, an idea that, wow, you know what? That, that was extremely fulfilling. It was, it was a better way to live. It, I didn't even realize how good it was. In Mark chapter 8, Jesus said, if you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you'll save it. Again, it's a, a counterintuitive thought. But for most of us, we're trying to save our lives. And Jesus said, no, don't try to save it. Don't try to hoard it to yourself. Give your life away. Just, just for my sake, just give it away and you will find life. I, I've, I've shared this before, but I find it's very interesting when we talk about how this life of serving is a better life and it's the more fulfilling life and, it, and it's a life that ultimately makes you much more happy than trying to find somebody to serve you. A guy by the name of Lee Strobel, many of you know that name. Lee Strobel is a, an author, a speaker, and he's, he has a really interesting background because in, in his younger years, he worked as a journalist for the Chicago Tribune. And he was doing some story where he was going to try to discredit Christianity um, and, and prove a, a, that Christianity was, was false. And so he went out on that path trying to do that. But while he was out doing his research, he had an encounter with Jesus Christ. He gave his life to Jesus Christ. And now he's out there. He's written the, so many books and, uh, with the kind of the theme, the case for Christianity. Now he's making the case for Christianity and try to, instead of trying to bring it down. Well, in his writings, he makes a very interesting contrast between two people. And the two people are Mother Teresa and Madonna. I mean, those are polar opposites, right? But here's what he said about this. He said, Mother Teresa has devoted her life to serving God and others. If you know her story, she is, was on the streets of Calcutta, India, serving the least of the least, people with leprosy and, and, and the homeless and the poor and the sick. And that's what she did. With no fanfare, it was just her serving. That's what she did all her life. She did it. When she came to the end of her life, she said she was incredibly happy. Madonna, on the other hand, who's, who devoted her entire life to pleasing herself, to serving herself. At, 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 you know, she's not at the end of her life yet, but she has been quoted as saying she doesn't even know anyone that is truly happy. So when you think about it in terms of this is a better way to live, you can live selfishly and, 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 and try to get people to serve you, or you can live kind of a selfless life and become a servant. And I promise you at the end of the day, your life will be better when you choose to serve. There is something extremely fulfilling about serving. By, when we get in those situations where we're serving another person, there's something extremely fulfilling. Our, we, we discover our purpose through serving. Like, why did God create you? Well, to serve God and to serve others. He, he created you to do this. As we've been talking about the last couple of weeks, you have certain gifts and abilities and, and talents that God's given you to use to give back to him by serving others. And when you, when you tie into that, when you tap into that, you get a sense of fulfillment that, like, I'm, I'm, I'm now living out the purpose that God created me for. So, so it's extremely fulfilling. And if you've ever done this, maybe the first time, if you think back, the first time you've ever actually served somebody, there was a hesitancy, right? Because again, it feels a little awkward. But then you do it, and then something very strange happens. You go out and you serve somebody else, 
And I'm sure there's a great benefit to that person. But something happens on the inside of you. And you leave that situation. You go, man, I feel, I feel better than they do. Like, that's not why I did it. That wasn't my motivation to get something out of it. But I feel better than they do. I feel like there's a sense of, wow, God used my life. This is incredible. I want more of this. This is what serving does. This is exactly how serving works. And the Apostle Paul said this about his life and his ministry and his serving. He said, but my life is worth nothing unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. He said, look, my life has zero value if I don't tap into what God's created me to do. Like when I do that, man, I have fulfillment. But if I'm just going out there just doing my own thing, I, my life has zero. It's worth nothing. That's why our lives are better through serving. So our lo love is best demonstrated through serving. Life is best lived through serving. But let me give you the last thing. And that is light is best shined through serving. Light is best shined through serving. In Matthew 5, 16, Jesus said, in the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. Now, you see, you see this is what Je Jesus is saying. Look, there, I want you to get out there and light the shine, you know, be a light that shines in darkness. And the reason I'm doing this is because when people see that light shining, if you're doing it right, they're not going to look to you and go, man, you are so great. They're going to look to me. They're going to praise their heavenly father because you're doing it right. You're, you're, you're basically reflecting my light into their lives. Jesus once said this. He said, I am the light of the world. And then he would go on to say, speaking to disciples, he said, you are the light of the world. Now, how can that be? How can he be the light and we be the light? Well, he's the capital L light. And he said, you guys are the lowercase L lights. You are, you are small lights. I'm the where you get the illumination from. You get out and take that light and shine it. And the way that you do that is you do it by serving other people. Then they will look at you and go, man, I want to know who that God is that you serve. That's what we do. And so when we're thinking about serve Oconee and how do we serve our community and why do we serve our community? It all goes back to this, that we're called to be lights in darkness. The Bible is clear that the world we live in is darkness and it needs illumination. And all of us are like little lights, like, like little candles, right? And one candle in a dark room is good, but like hundreds of candles in a dark room is better. And this is the whole idea. Is, is, and this is why we, we, as a church, not just a few select people, but everybody going out and shining the light in the community. What a difference that could make. And you hear all the time, and you've probably heard this. It's, it's very unfortunate, but I've heard it a lot of times. As people will just make a statement, not about us, but in general about church. And they'll say, you know, I don't go to church. Oh, church, I don't, church is irrelevant or whatever. Churches only care about themselves. You ever heard anybody say that? Church is all about themselves. And unfortunately, that can be true at times. That a lot of churches have turned inward and, and they're all about themselves. But, but that has, our philosophy has always been trying to be different is we've had a culture of serving. That's, I mean, since the beginning, it's a culture of serving, which is really awesome because at Foothills, like we have such high participation in serving both inside the church and outside the walls of the church. And so for us, when we look at this, we look at it a little different. 
We want to make an impact in our community. That's why we partner with, we do this a lot of ways. We do this, first of all, again, we serve here on Sunday mornings, but we serve outside the walls. But we also partner, we're in partnership. With, we have what we call our outreach partners. These are different organizations within the community who diff, do different things. Some work with addiction uh, recovery, some work with homeless people, some work with feeding hungry people, foster care, on and on. We, we have like a dozen of these partners that we partner with both financially and with re other resources and time, we go out and we, and we make a difference that way. But another way that we do that is that we ourselves do things like Servo Coney. Now Servo Coney is like a concerted effort where we do this. We've done it multiple times, usually once a year, but we have ongoing service projects in a community like all the time, but we want to focus and come back to the reality of this is why it's important. So when, when you think about next Saturday, right, why it's important is that we have a, a, a community, a world that Jesus said is in darkness. And they need light. And light is best shined through serving. When, when, when people drive by next week and everywhere they turn around, they're running into these red shirts and people are doing something, serving the community. It may be painting or maybe cleaning or maybe, maybe, maybe built. I don't know what we're doing. We're all got kind of pro 80 projects. You can figure out what you want to do. But when people drive around, you can't help but notice what is going on there. What are all these people wearing these Servo Coney shirts? What's it all about? Why are they doing it? And hopefully there'll be some questions asked. But our ultimate goal is not so somebody goes, well, that's Foothills Church doing that. What a great church Foothills Church is. That's not the motivation. If Foothills Church never gets mentioned, that's okay. What we want people to know is that there is a God that sent his son and loves them dearly. We want people to say, I don't know who that is or why they're doing it. But if it has anything to do with God, I want to know more. That's why we're doing it. We're just simply trying to live out what Jesus has called us to do. That's why Servo Coney is big and Foothills is on the back and Littlewood because it's not really about our church. In fact, if you have friends that go to other churches and they just would like to want to serve, bring them with you. It's not about us. It's about trying to do what we've been called to do. This is, a, this is an opportunity. I believe one of the greatest opportunities. We, we have church every single week we meet here and we have an awesome time and we just love each other and we have great fellowship and we hang out and it's, it's awesome. But that's for us. And I hope we all bring people here, but that, at the end of the day, that's, that's for us. What about everybody else out there? Like, what about them? What about the ones that don't know Jesus? What about those people who are on the fence? What about, what could happen if all of a sudden God said, all right, you know, you guys have been faithful to do what you need to do as people are driving by and there's going to be some questions asked. It's going to be, and, and, and somehow the attention is going to be turned back to God. That's what we're trying to do. So here's the challenge. Next Saturday, from nine to noon, three hours. It doesn't matter if you're young, old, and we have people that said, I, you know, I, I can't physically do a lot of that stuff. We've got projects here that they're doing, like sending care packages to other places. We've got to have stuff for everybody. 
So when you walk over here in just a minute, when we dismiss, we'll straight down the hall. And I'm urging you, even if you already know what project you're going to go on, just go down there. And actually in a minute, some of the leaders, I'm going to dismiss them early so they can get ready for you. And you're going to go into the venue and it's all set up and they're going to be cities, right? We've got, I think we've got every city in our, in our county and there are projects. So you can get geographically wherever you want to go, there's going to be projects. There's all sorts of projects. And when you go, what you'll get over there is you'll get like, you'll sign up here. I'm going to show up at this project. Once they get full, we'll close that one. And there's still other ones. And then you'll, you'll get like a map. And I think where you, whatever, you'll get some information where you're doing, you know, that kind of stuff. At 9 a.m., you'll show up at that place. You'll serve for three hours, give everybody a high five, and you go on about your day, right? If, if a thousand of us show up next week, that's 3,000 hours of community service we've done in one morning. Think about that. 3,000 hours of community service in one morning. We can do, what if we got everybody to show up? We had 2,000 people show up. It's the ball's in our court. That's all I'm saying. If you're watching online, show up next, go online, get your project, come by the office, get your shirt, whatever you got to do, make it happen, all right? We're going to make an impact. We're going to do something that is going to, I hope, rock our community for Jesus. That's really what I want. So I'm going to pray. And I'm going to dismiss us. And then we're going to, if you're one of the leaders and you need to get up during the prayer, that's fine. You can go get ready for us. We'll head down there in a minute. Guys, this is our opportunity to shine. This is our opportunity to say, let's do this thing and let's do it right. So many people behind the scenes been, been preparing for this moment. But next Saturday, that's the game. This is, this is the pep rally. So let's pray together, Lord God. Thank you so much for demonstrating what it looks like to be a servant by sending Jesus to die for us while we were still sinners. And God, there are, we are the lights of the world, this little lowercase lights, and you have called us to illuminate darkness. And I'm praying, God, that every one of us would show up on a job site next Saturday, whether it be a school or a highway project or for some facility or some, some agency or whatever it is that w those projects, I just pray we would do it and come with that attitude of gratitude because of what you've done for us. We are just serving you, serving our community, demonstrating love, letting our light shine and living our best life through serving. God, I pray that that would happen. It's not about foothills getting credit. It's about you bring, bring you getting the glory for all of this, God. So, Lord, do what you need to do in our hearts to prepare us to be servants. And, God, I pray that next week our community would take notice and that they would turn to you through these acts of service. God, I pray for the, the people who don't even have a relationship with Jesus in this room or watching online, that today needs to be the day of their salvation, that today they, that they would give their hearts and their lives to you. And if that is you, don't leave this place without making a commitment to follow Jesus. Maybe that's how you, you would like to do that. And that's, that's how your, your heart's desire. Maybe just offer a prayer like this. Say, Jesus, I give you my life today. I believe you died on that cross for me and that you rose again. And I'm placing my faith in you as my Lord and savior. God, we, we just want to be an army. We want to be an army used by you 
to invade darkness. So send us, God, with the right attitudes, the right spirit, and may you be glorified in it in the name of Jesus.